King and you're listening to Thinking Off Piste, a podcast sharing inspiring stories from adventurers around the world. Thinking Off Piste is brought to you by Maybe Ski, a Whistler-based adventure ski company creating bucketless ski trips across the globe. If you're looking to get off the beaten track and away from the crowds, head over to maybeski.com to discover what lies beyond your lift pass. Today I'm catching up with Andy Sward on his inspirational Million Bottle Pledge goal. Andy is on a mission to pick up 1 million bottles and recyclables in his lifetime whilst running across Canada. The real world hero is leading the way in raising awareness for the environment. Hi Andy, how are you? Uh, Great, thanks. Yourself? Yeah, good. Not bad. I actually, I've just come out of um, quarantine because I had COVID, so I'm over the moon to be allowed outdoors again. So that was that was so boring. <laughs> yeah, I get so. How have you been over there anyway? Have you how's the like situation where you are? Uh, good, good. I mean, like uh, I'm just busy, busy, busy. Lots going on uh, this week before I leave, and of course, I'm working uh, the next five days in a row. Oh, classic! Right up until Monday, and then I and then I fly fly to Newfoundland Tuesday morning. So it's uh, it'll be uh, it'll, it'll be hectic for a while, but then once I get on that plane, I'm yeah, I'll you're in there. like switch off mode exactly task yeah just got to get through the next few days Mm -hmm. for sure so yeah you're literally um shooting off so soon aren't you yeah tuesday tuesday morning i'll leave i get to st john's tuesday night uh just a quick layover in toronto and then i'm uh gonna do a short uh run wednesday and thursday just from st john's to cape spear i'll camp at cape spear wednesday night and then run back to my friend's house in St. John's. And just to make sure I have the, you know, tent, sleeping bag, equipment, cart, everything kind of dialed in. Yeah. And, uh, then, then if I have to do any last minute shopping supplies in, in the city, I can do that. Yeah. And then Friday morning, I'll, I'll start running, start running west. Awesome. So you have the goal of picking up a million bottles and recyclables in your lifetime whilst running across mm-hmm. Canada. And that's yeah. called the Million Bottle Pledge. Um, right. How many bottles have you collected to date and how far have you traveled so far? Uh, I'm about uh, 140,000 bottles and cans and cups. So I count the uh, beverage cups as well, the single-use beverage cups. Uh, about 30,000 kilometers um, over the three trips uh, back and forth. And then, of course, the last year and a half just uh, focusing on, on BC and a lot of trips up and down the City Sky Highway. Oh, my God, that's incredible. So much like mileage there, which is amazing. Um, what yeah. inspired you to take on the Million Bottle Pledge? Well, I, um, I did a bicycle trip from Toronto to Vancouver back in 98, and I've always been a marathon runner, so a cross-Canada run was always on the bucket list. But then I got uh, caught up in the restaurant industry here, um, starting out in the kitchen and then serving and bartending, eventually managing restaurants, and that just kind of like took took up so much of my time, and next thing I knew, like, I'm in my for- early 40s. <laughs> but... Uh, but then uh, one restaurant I was managing in West Vancouver, we got word that they were going to shut down because uh, they were going to build a high rise there. And I had some money saved and I was like, okay, now this is the chance. This is, this is my opportunity to, uh, to, to do this cross Canada run. Amazing. Um, and why 1 million um, bottles? Um, like what's the reasoning behind the number or was there one? Well, it, it started out as a, uh, just a run across Canada and back. I wanted to do the return trip and uh, keep it like minimal impact. So I didn't have any um, support vehicle. I, I would not stay in any hotels that first trip. I had a solar, solar. I still have solar panels to charge my phone and whatnot. And, and I just wanted to uh, kind of, you know, do that and promote 
the fact that we need to re reduce, reuse and recycle and kind of like um, look at our carbon footprint overall. And uh, but the balls in the cans on the side of the road bother me right from the get go, right from Vancouver Island. So it's like, well, if it bothers you, Andy, then do something about it. And and the the and the the recycling itself, you know, kind of went with my idea of, of my run. So I I would collect as many as I could, maybe 100, 200 a day, take them to the next uh, town or whatever to um, you know just donate them or you know see if anybody's having a bottle drive. And my second summer on the road, I realized like, you know, this is, this is my happy place. And, and I just kind of crunched some numbers and I said, hey, if I can, you know, clean up the 10, 20, 30,000 a summer for so many summers in, in my life, then I'd eventually clean up 1 million balls and cans from our roads, trails and parks. So that's what kind of what uh, gave me the idea. It just seemed like a, you know, a crazy high number to shoot for. But uh, at the same time, it was something that I could, I could kind of, um, you know, dedicate a big part of my life to, and and again, it's 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 my happy place. So it's it's a it's a win win in my mind. It's so inspirational for doing that, and at the end of the day, you're helping the planet. So, mm. like, it's amazing. Um, you you mentioned uh this, this uh, that you're in the restaurant industry. Um, what kind of conversations were you having with your family when you decided to make the transition, or do you remember like the moment where you decided to do this? I I, I definitely it was like I said it was. The seed was planted in there, but yeah. uh, when I, when I when I did finally first tell my family, I'll never forget uh, having a conversation from the restaurant I was managing. Actually, it was, it was in between lunch and dinner, and I called my dad in in London, Ontario, and I, and I told him, "I was like, hey, I'm I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do this cross Canada run." And I was maybe 42 at the time, and and he had some concerns. He was worried about my you know my future, my my um, my pension, my like you know career in the industry, and. And, he, you know, he's, he's like, what about this? What about that? What about that? And I was like, dad, like, what, what if I'm not happy doing what I'm doing right now? And then, then I'm going to be no good to myself, to my friends or to my family. So I, 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 you know, I really need to take this step. I really need to go out there and, 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 and try this cross Canada run. And I'm so glad I did because it's, it's been, been life changing for me. It's, it's amazing. Good. And at the end of the day, you're looking after your body too by um, the amount of exercise you're getting. It's actually really interesting. I was reading an article online a little while ago, uh, and apparently the true source of happiness is peace of mind. So when your mind's not at peace, external factors can never bring you happiness. But when you are at peace within, no external factor has the power to disturb you. And I think that resonates a lot with like what you're saying about wanting to like break out of this this shell or this mold and the security of like a pension and so forth but actually the happiness comes from doing something that's helping the planet and returning whilst also you're looking after your body you're staying physically fit and well um so i thought it was really interesting it kind of resonated with it did you have any anxieties at the time or were you feeling really confident with what you were doing uh, I, I was pretty confident. I had friends, um, for example, here in Vancouver that were, were questioning uh, my my lack of training. I mean, even though I was a marathon runner most of my life and I was in decent shape, I hadn't done a, a, a lot of like, you know, long distance uh, training or whatnot or, or over, the, over the, the last few years when I was managing those restaurants. But I explained to them, it was like, I was confident because when I'm, when I'm, when I'm in the restaurant business, I could be on my feet, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week. And so that's taxing on the body, but also very, very stressful on the mind and, and, and on the soul, really. It was just, I was, I was just always anxious, always worried, you know, who's going to show up for, for their work shift tomorrow or who's not going to show up for their shift tomorrow. And, and I was taking my work home with me. So I was, wasn't sleeping properly. And, and I explained to my friends and, and my family as well is like, um, when I get out there on the road, when I'm running across Canada, yeah, I'm on my feet 40, 50, 60 hours a week and it's taxing on the body. 
but the mind, like you said, the mind is at, at such such peace. My soul was in such a happy place. It was like, to me, it was it was easier than, Beautiful. than working, yeah. working in the industry. It was, it was amazing. And all the good endorphins from it too. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. At the pace you're going, when do you imagine you'll hit your goal? Well, I, I joked around. I, um, in 2019, my last cross-Canada trip, that was the third trip. I was in uh, New Brunswick, and I remember the moment I made a video of it, actually, when I picked up that um, can number 100,000. And, <laughs> nice. uh, and then I did a little, little, little again, crunched the numbers in my head, and I made a little joke. It's like, hey, at this rate, you know, I'll, I'll reach a million when I'm 104 years old. Oh my gosh. But I do have some plans, some ideas how to um, accelerate the pace of, 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 of getting those numbers. And that is um, next Cross Canada trip. I need to uh, network more. I need to reach out to the communities ahead. Um, say I'm going to run into Winnipeg. I thought that would be next summer. But anyway, say I'm going to run into Winnipeg on, you know, let's pick a date, September 3rd or something. I'll uh, reach out to the Winnipeg Running Group. I'll reach out to the community centers. I'll reach out to as many people as I can. Say, hey, I'm going to be coming through your town again on this date. Um, can we get as many people as we can? Not, a, not necessarily on the highway with me, but just in any parts of the city all with the intention of like cleaning up the neighborhood and collecting, picking up these balls and cans and take, taking them to recycling, tally them all up and say a hundred of us collect 10,000 balls and cans that day when I run through Winnipeg, then I'll count that towards my million bottle pledge. And I think I'll be able to get there a lot faster, hopefully. That's a really <laughs> good idea. Did, did you recruit many traveler buddies along the road to help you sort of clean up? Is that like a common thing to happen? Yeah, yeah, and, and especially when I go across Canada, I mean, like I now my first trip, um, for example, I'll use go back to Winnipeg again. I, I didn't really know anybody in Winnipeg my first trip across, and uh, I try not to camp in the cities because I'm always you know pitching my tent somewhere in, in the trees on the side of the highway. So I would stop 20 kilometers before Winnipeg, camp there, and then I would run into the city, do any shopping, get some supplies, and then get 20 kilometers outside of the city and camp there. But now it's almost like it's, it's the opposite. I know like three or four people in Winnipeg, uh, one, one of, of whom is a great runner, Melissa, and she's a, a teacher and a long distance runner. And she'll come and run the entire like day with me, 40 kilometers or whatever. And we'll both be cleaning up. Uh, so, nice. grow, so it's amazing. Yeah. So, and the, yeah, several, several cities across the, uh, the country. I, I know people and they'll, and they'll want to come out and run with me. It's great. That's amazing. How do you pick the journey you want, like the route you want to take? Well, 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 the first uh, first few trips across Canada, I went um, across and back on the main Trans-Canada Highway through Calgary and uh, Regina and everything. Uh, but then once I got into Ontario, rather than cut straight across, I um, all my family's down in southern Ontario. My dad's in London, my mom's in Cambridge. I have, I have an uncle out in uh, St. Catharines near Niagara Falls. So I really zigzag back and forth a lot to um, see see the family. And that turned uh, like you know a seven thousand six hundred kilometer run into a nine thousand kilometer run because Ontario is so wow. <laughs> but um, but uh, but I also uh, I try and retrace my steps on the way back because I'm I'm all about I always run facing traffic and I'll clean up the bottles of cans and, and other litter now from that side of the road, and uh, it's it's only half done now. I have to go back and oh, run the yeah. other way, take the other side. The of the other road. side. Oh my <laughs> yeah. goodness. That's amazing. That's good commitment, though. Excellent. Yeah. And then uh, really quickly, yeah, so the, the third trip I did in 2019, I just took a different highway. So I went up 
to um, the northern Trans Canada Highway through Banff and then and then uh, Edmonton and Saskatoon. And then I took a few different routes uh, in the Maritime Province as well. And that's why I, I kind of feel like I'm like work is half half done and and you know it's unfinished business for me because I um I finished in St John's Newfoundland fall of 2019, and the plan was to fly back there spring of 2020 run back, clean up the other side of the road. But with travel restrictions, I just stuck oh, with, with yeah. BC. And, yeah. and that's why I'm looking forward to, uh, to getting back there and, and, and getting started again on, on again, this unfinished business that I have to, have to complete. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> uh, can you tell me about some of the recyclables you've collected then? Um, what kind of things have you picked up along the road? What's the weirdest thing you found? Let me know. <laughs> Oh God! I mean, like uh, obviously, uh, you know, like you know, the, the single-use um, uh, beverage cups, coffee cups, um, iced coffees. Uh, those things are are the more common. And then, uh, of course, tons, tons, tons of bottles and cans, and uh, and and water bottles as well. Um, unfortunately, one of the you know least favorite things to clean up is uh, uh, you know the the, the, the trucker pee bottles, and and I and I. I don't mean to single them out. I mean, there's only a small percentage of long haul truck drivers that do that. Oh, is that like a but toilet? Will, uh, no, it's, it's just like a regular water bottle. They must have a funnel and they'll, and they'll oh. pee in the bottle. Oh, and then, oh no. <laughs> and, then, and then for whatever reason, they'll put the lid back on oh. and then throw it out. And then it, so it just kind of sits there. That's my first awesome. trip across Canada, my, my first trip across Canada, I, I, I refused to clean them up. I was like, no, I kind of use the excuse as like, It'd be unhealthy you know it's like it's not good for my for my health but then my second trip across town I'm like well if i don't do it like who else is going to do it so <laughs> i got come to terms with it a bit <laughs> yeah so i gotta got kind of just hold in my breath and, and you know like turn away and dump it out and then once that then it's just another bottle that's gonna get i'm gonna take it to the next uh next next place i can and put it in recycling bin oh fair enough yeah that's a horrible thing to clean it kind of reminds me of cleaning out my hamster cage when i was a kid because it just yeah. like always stank. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you foraged anything valuable before? Um, I've, I've found, uh, well, there's actually one really good story. And, and I, I talk a lot about road karma when, you know, like something that will just happen to you. Like if you'd be having a bad day and then something great will happen. Um, there was one day, it was, uh, it was in Northern Ontario. It was kind of like a cold, rainy fall day. And again, I was, that first trip across, I was, my goal was not to stay in any hotels. The idea being, if, if you uh, if you stay at a friend's house, you know the power is already on, the, the heat's already on. There's maybe one one more plate to wash. But if I walk into a hotel, turn on the lights, then that carbon footprint is all on me. So anyway, it was cold, rainy day, Northern Ontario, and I passed a sign saying it's like, "Hey, motel, forty nine ninety nine." I'm like, only fifty dollars. I can just get in and get dry and then have a good sleep. And I thought about it. I was like, "But nope, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it." Continued on half an hour later, it stopped raining. An hour after that, beautiful rainbow and the sun was out. And then shortly after that, I found a fifty dollar bill in the oh ditch. God, amazing. <laughs> like, That's so good. Rather, I'm a strong believer in karma. Yeah. So rather than spend fifty dollars, I, I just I made fifty dollars that day. <laughs> but I found that. But I also also found like wallets and whatnot, and, and always um, managed to get them back to the the original owner, which is kind of cool as well. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, that's so rewarding also how the how do you lose your wallet in the middle of a road i think i think a lot of times too i mean maybe if they stop over for gas somewhere and then they they're getting back into their car they set something on top of the hood and then yeah. they get in the car and drive away and then 
It you always see it in the movies, don't you? I am. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. I mean, in the movies, they've like left a baby carrier on the top or something like that. So <laughs> hopefully that's never happened on the road. But, you know, um, I was yeah. actually giving it a bit of um, some thought earlier. And I was trying to think of the best thing that I've ever found. Uh, and the best I got was a fluffy bucket hat at a festival. So it was really uninspiring. <laughs> but I can imagine like you've come across some great things. Have you ever... Um, found something that you wanted to keep or that like no one claimed, but it was quite like, a, I don't know, a valuable thing that you wanted. Yes. Well, well just recently uh, on my last um, Sea to Sky Highway trip. So I've done uh, six trips over the last year and a half, um, one every month so far this spring, like, you know, April, May, June, July. And um, on one of my trips, trips up there, our Tarek uh, uh, Whistler reached out and, and donated me some gear, which is awesome. This shirt I'm right now. Amazing. And, and- Shout out to them. Yeah, yeah, they were, they, were, they were super cool with that. But um, so on my last trip up, I'm running down, and I've, I've seen discarded clothes on the, on the side of the road before, but I'm like 20 paces away, and I'm like, that looks like a really valuable shirt. And I'm like 10 paces away, I'm like, hey, that looks like my favorite Arteric shirt, just a different color. <laughs> so I get up there, and, and it tur- turns up, yeah, it was a gray Arteric running shirt, like very, very, very new, very valuable. And then uh, shortly after that, I found a Fox Windbreaker, ladies' Fox Windbreaker. And then shortly after that, I found a hat that said, like, greatest dad ever. So I posted about it. So I posted about those three finds that day. And then I reached out to, to, you know, to the Whistler community, the Pemberton community. I even um, took the Arteric shirt into the Whistler store when I got there to see if they could track it or anything. And they were like, no, they don't sell that particular make and model, blah, blah, blah. But I was like, so I just, again, posted about it on on all these Facebook and Instagram pages and and said, hey, I'll, I'll hang on to it for a week or so and see if anybody claims it. Somebody claimed the hat, which is great. You know, the, oh, the, greatest, the world's so greatest dad hat. So I got that back to the to the owner, but uh, nobody claimed the Arteric shirt. So I just took it home, gave it a good box, and and I'm gonna, I'm going to use it for sure. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> it's amazing, like the the power of word of mouth sometimes, because mm-hmm. uh, that would have been such a sentimental, I don't like gift for somebody or a father somewhere so that's really nice that that it was able to be collected they must have been on some glamping trip or something to have such great like brands left behind (laughs) i know yeah well and and and, yeah it it wasn't all in the same spot it was just throughout the day i I found three three particular items but so if anybody is watching and and they want their arteric shirt back just just message me (laughs) otherwise otherwise i'm going to take it uh and i'll run across canada with it so it'll it'll have a good good story in in itself (laughs) exactly um how safe do you feel when you're uh running along the roads next to traffic and so forth uh there there are some scary scary parts definitely i mean i think the advantage i have is is as a pedestrian you know by law i'm supposed to go in the facing traffic I always feel for the cyclists, the, the people cycling across Canada, because by law they have to go in the same direction. So they must yeah. be constantly looking over their shoulder when, uh, when, when, when you know, when the shoulders are tight and narrow. Um, but no, I, I feel pretty safe because you know I'm obviously I have I have music, but it's it's through Bluetooth, so I can still hear everything that's going on. And uh, again, just being alert, watching the traffic coming towards me, and if I see somebody, maybe they're distracted, maybe they're they're not paying attention, and then they start to drift over that that white line yeah um then i know i can like make sure i have my escape route and, and even it means stop stopping to run and going down into the ditch just to get away from that oncoming traffic i'll do that so i'm pretty safe pretty That's safe that good. and actually when you're on your two feet you have a lot more control than on two wheels um That's true, yeah. so yeah. yeah you can do a quick hop the front or like i don't know if there's any like hop the barrier if you have to which is good exactly. 
We yeah. actually, um, we had a girl on the podcast called Emily who climbed all 282 of the Monroes in Scotland. And she often slept in mountain boothies or camped out. Um, but she said to me something interesting, which which um, I was just thinking about. She said that she only ever felt vulnerable in one place and it was on the side of road, the road next to the traffic when she slept. Um, do you sleep very close to the road when you're camping out? Um, and what's it like for you? I know you said that you um, stay with friends if you can, uh, try and avoid hotels. But yeah, when you're in your tent, like how, what's like, what's the experience like? Typically, I try and go um, a little bit hidden from that road like a little bit off the highway behind some trees or somewhere to find a clearing it's you know there's some great spots there's some not so great spots uh in the um in the prairies for example there are no really uh places to hide so you are just you know on the side of the highway in the ditch in between the road and a, a farmer's fence you know and you got the cows might be hanging around the next morning waking <laughs> up <laughs> wondering what, wondering what's going on there but just have uh, them sticking their head in the tent yeah and i i think for the most part um my worry would be, for example, if uh, if I'm close to close to a city, again, like, you know, going back to the example of my first time going through Winnipeg, I wouldn't want to, uh, you know, be near, I would never go on somebody's property, but if, even if I'm like near somebody's property in the vicinity, then they might be concerned and call the police and the police might like, you know, be waking me up in the middle of the night. I've had that, that happen before. But I, I usually try and find some spot that's kind of, you know, a little, a little bit off the beaten path where, and, 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 keep my tent kind of hidden so that yeah. way uh, the less people that see me when I'm out there the better in my mind I think awesome um are you able to sleep well what's your sleeping sort of setup I imagine you've got your sort of carrier and tent what things do you have packed with you on the road uh well the first first trip across I I made it through all the all of BC before I finally got like a you know one of those little foam uh foam mattresses are right, now of course I have like a, a little blow up um uh, air mattress thing, which you, know, you can get uh, at any kind of the MEC or or sport check kind of thing. They have they have plenty of selections, but uh, so I do that with a decent sleeping bag, and um, and and yeah, my tent's waterproof, which is the main thing, and and it's, yeah. it's pretty good. <laughs> of course, the you know you, the sound of the traffic would it takes some getting used to. Like often the first or first couple of nights on the road, I may not sleep too well. But then um, once I get in the routine of things and then, of course, when you're out there in the fresh air and great exercise all day, then a lot of times I, I sleep, uh, sleep very good, actually. And, and um, it's, yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, just get some decent head, um, earplugs. <laughs> yes, that's, yeah, that's good. Idea. And I do have earplugs and I, and I travel with them, but I don't know, for some reason, I never use them. I, I kind of like to, I guess, know what's going on. If, if there was um, maybe not so much animals, I'm not too worried about animals, but if there was say somebody coming to approach my tent or, or, or trying to uh, run away with my car or something. I'd, oh, I'd, yeah, I'd want, be awful. I want to be awake. <laughs> I want to be awake and alert for that. That would so. be really sad, actually. Yeah. Fair be, enough. Yeah. So I imagine what you're doing to be really rewarding, also quite exhausting. Um, what makes the experience worth doing for you? Can you tell me some of the highlights of doing this? Uh, well, one of the biggest highlights is... Um, is any kind of uh what i call like just like a random roadside meeting like when uh, for example when i got the sea to sky highway um people know who i am now and, and i get a thousand honks a day which is amazing and, and people waving and everything and and uh, of course it's not always possible to pull over um you know given traffic and and maybe narrow shoulders and whatnot but, but when somebody does pull over and takes a moment to to, to chat or, or ask me more about my trip or adventures and that that really 
it gives me such a boost like that day because when, when I'm out there and I'm in that um, moment and the element and the and the endorphins are running then that's when I love to tell my story and and uh, and, and kind of kind of try and inspire others to kind of you know take yeah. care of it take care of nature and, and not to be afraid to kind of go outside the norm and, and do something crazy like this <laughs> I love it um, it kind of reminds me of this guy called Sean, who I spoke to, who ran through seven Emirates in seven days. Um, and he said to me that the power behind the support of other people were, like knew no bounds for him. So um, on his journey, uh, people were waving and sort of cheering and encouraging him, like maybe beeping their horns and so forth towards the end of his like seven day trip. And he said his body was in its most broken stage and he was mentally and physically sort of t- like worn down and exhausted. But the more roadside encouragement he got, it kind of made it bigger than the challenge he was trying to do. It was about doing it for the supporters as well. Um, and it's actually beautiful. It kind of shows you the, the power of encouragement uh, and support other people that, like, that other people can give us has on us, which is really nice. It's, Mm-hmm. And I imagine that's quite similar with what you've had when people are like haunt- honking their horns or even just stopping to have a chat. And it's just like you're you're spreading the word by talking to them about what you're doing. Um, and then they'll go away and be like, oh, no, don't litter outside a window. Remember that awesome t- like time we saw uh, Andy exactly. on the road sort of thing. So that's really yeah. nice. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's funny you mentioned that, too, about the, you know, the support you get from from uh, from people along the way. Uh, because you know a lot of other people are, are, are cycling across. Uh, I'd say every every summer there is you know probably hundreds, maybe even a thousand people cycling across all our parts of Canada, or, or, or USA, or anywhere. And then of course I would say a dozen to a dozen or so people on foot, either you know hiking with a backpack or pushing a cart like I am, or, or jogging or, or whatnot. But uh, th- I've heard a few of them say they're going to run across Canada unsupported, and that just means not having a support vehicle. I, I kind of twist around a little bit and I say it's impossible to run across Canada unsupported because Canada is going to come out and support you no matter what you're doing, no matter who you are, Canada is going to come out and support you. So, you know, it's technically you are, you are supported by the country, which is amazing. That's actually <laughs> beautiful. I love that. Amazing. So on the flip side of the positivity, tell me about low times or struggles you've faced, challenges you've had on the road. Uh, uh, plenty of them. I mean, like Ontario is, is a tough one for me. That's that's the um, the problems I was born in, uh, and but of course because it's the most populated uh, province, and uh, there are a few other factors working against it in, in this matter. But it's um, it's the most um, littered uh, part of the the country I've seen, especially the uh, the, the transplant on the highway through northern Ontario. Uh, there's a lot, you know, a lot of times a lot of, a lot of distance between towns. Um, it's it's a very, very busy road because it's really the main highway through Ontario. And uh, one thing which is kind of, you know, gets me a little bit is that there's no deposit on pop cans or water bottles or things like that out there. Alcohol, yes, but regular other, other bottles and cans, there's no deposit. And there's that much less incentive for people to hang on to them. So there's more of them getting tossed out of the window. That's so it's awful. So that's something mm-hmm. the council, the government need to like yeah, enforce, I mean, it's, doesn't yeah, it? It's, it's it's been an ongoing going thing and i've written emails and, and her back and and from their, their excuses would be like well what about all the balls and cans that are out there like then if they're all of a sudden returned then then the, then the uh province is going to be like in a deficit of all this money but again back in ontario um you know like some really really tough shoulders uh you know like um 
it's, it's often like shoulders on a little bit of a slant and gravel and trying to push the cart and run run through that is difficult that and 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 the fact that it's so is that it's so so big but um here's here's another quick story about road karma last trip across 2019 i was maybe a couple hundred kilometers from i don't know even a hundred kilometers from ottawa and uh there was a few places where i could just get off the main path cut into on quebec and then bypass ottawa together and then going to Montreal that way. Basically, I was just at a frustration point where I was just like so tired of this, so tired of the litter and the shoulders. Like, I just wanted to get out of Ontario. I mean, even though it's my home province, I just wanted to get back. <laughs> yeah, it was just not doing good for the mentality, mental health. Yeah. But, but, then, but then again, like road karma, uh, you know, things happened that needed to happen. A lady pulled over and, and, and chatted with me and heard my story. And again, that gave me a little boost of energy. And this lady has a, had a business in the Ottawa area and she's got like 50,000 followers on Instagram. So right after our chat, she sat in her car and did a little video and posted that and shared it. And next thing I know, like, people are coming out of the woodwork, bringing me, bring me food, bring me, bring me like dark, uh, vegetables from the garden and everything. And I'm getting more and more honks at them. Like, why is everybody like all of a sudden noticing me? That's <laughs> beautiful. Of, so, so yeah. So then, so then obviously I, I decided to stay in Ontario <laughs> till, till, till the very end. And, I, and that was, yeah, it was amazing. That's so good. Kind of reminded me, it just reminded me of something that we used to say on my ski season. Um, if anyone littered on the mountain, you'd be like, no, look after the mountain, put it in a bin, look after the mountain, and the mountain will look after you. So basically mm -hmm. you won't get caught in an accident and you won't get, well, that was the theory behind it. But it is that kind of mentality. It's the karma again. It's like roadside karma, mountain karma, which is really yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned um, people you met along the road. Tell me about the kind of characters you met. I know that this lady, you've already mentioned a few. Were there any other notable ones that stood out? Um, I'm trying to, oh yes. Well, there's one in, uh, in, in Newfoundland. It was um, near the end of my first trip across, but, but I had to split that one up over two years. This was, I had a, a late start in 2013. So I got uh, across half of Canada. Um, 2014, I did the other half, but it was um, again, one of those moments where it was like, and my tent was no longer waterproof. Uh, I was, you know, I got woken up in the middle of the night with a downpour and I had like a 50 kilometers to go to the next town. And, and I, you know, I was, my, I was, my goal was just to get there and uh, dry off my stuff, maybe a laundromat. This gentleman named Bob uh, saw me on the side of the road that day and, and it was an also pouring rain and I had a long way to go. And he asked me if I wanted to ride, but I explained to him, like, no, I, I'm, I'm running across. <laughs> yeah kind of but, um, the purpose of the goal but thank you for the yeah, offer but but but, but he was uh, he was heading to the town of uh, of um gander uh newfoundland and uh, he was going to pick up his wife from the airport she was coming back from running a marathon in the states quincy uh, so they had the running time anyway i'm trying to make this this uh, long story short but uh he um saw me again later that night uh as it turned out um you know, I was just gonna like hang out at McDonald's till like the next day because the next day was supposed to be night. So I was gonna just loiter really in the McDonald's uh, restaurant and just wait until um, you know the sun was coming up the next day because my tent was soaked, my sleeping bag was soaked, and I, had to, I didn't want to sleep like that. So, so I'm walking across the parking lot and, and Bob, you know, I hear Andy, hey, it's you. And so it was Bob who I met earlier. His wife's plane was delayed, and he explained, uh, you know, he was just kind of waiting around. He's like, "What do you do?" And I told him my plan. And it was it would have made it would have been a miserable night, and I would have had maybe not yeah. too much. Day, but you know that was my plan. 
he's like, hey, I, I, I know the owner of this hotel over here. Let me get your room. Uh, and I was like, I was at first, I, you know, I was like, no, no, that's, that's very kind of you to offer, but, um, you know, that's just too, that's too much. I didn't want to explain my whole no hotel. Yeah. <laughs> that. But he, but then he pointed out, he's like, he's like, listen, I think what you're doing is amazing. And I just want to do my part to help. So, you know, it's if for you to refuse me to help would kind of like be like, not such a good thing. He just, that's not exactly what he said, but he, he kind of explained it like that is like, you know, it would it would make him feel feel better. Yeah, he's trying to contribute to your cause. Yeah. So that was uh, on that first trip across. That was the one time I did stay in a hotel and to um to uh, you know kind of like to uh, compromise I guess with myself or um, anyway the what I decided to do was I only turn on the lights just for a second to get out the lay of the room. I didn't watch any TV and I but I did have a nice nice sleep and uh, and a hot hot shower and, a, and, 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 and really enjoyed it. And then the next day the sun was up, uh, I was able to dry out my tent and sleeping bag and everything. And then a couple of weeks later tops, I was, I was finished the run. So that was, that was an amazing moment for sure. Yeah. I just imagine the hot shower being like a very pleasant yeah. experience yeah. as well. So, so, so of course, Bob, Bob and his wife, uh, Janie and I are still friends to this day. And every time I run through Gander, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll see them and, and stay with them, which is great. That's awesome. Love it. Um, have you had any issues with injuries whilst on the road, or have you been lucky? Uh, yes. <laughs> I've had, um, <laughs> well, 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 again, like even back in 2013. Uh, so um, when the restaurant I, I was managing closed down for the renovations, uh, the owners owned another restaurant and they wanted me to stick around for a while. So I stayed. I didn't get out of there until like late June of 2013 and I tried to just race across the island doing like 50 kilometers a day out of the get-go and I injured my foot and I had to take some time off and that's kind of what made me decide to split the that first trip in in two summers western Canada in 2013 eastern Canada 2014 but then um aside from that pretty good I mean like uh, the first two trips across people are like you know what about your knees I'm like oh my knees are fine <laughs> but, on, but, but, but on, my, on my third trip I did start to notice you know some some pain in my knees so I've just been kind of watching them um you know like getting get proper stretching and uh uh got x-rays um recently and x-rays showed like not too bad like just a little bit of cartilage damage but nothing too bad and I got a few MRIs last week on the knees as well just to get them checked out and uh supposed to get results soon but either way you know i'm still gonna keep going but uh it, it depending on the mri mri results i'll just again like be you know know if i should just, like focus on a certain area when i'm stretching or, or massaging and, and things like that yeah so you went from managing restaurants to doing these long endurance runs how did your body react to the change it, it, it was a tough start and, and even um even now, even now, like when I, when I, when I, when I do big, long road trips, I don't do a whole lot of training in the off season. I have a, uh, I have my, I call it my used car theory. If you have like an old classic car and you want to drive this car across Canada, you're not going to practice by driving it <laughs> back and forth across BC every month. You're going to keep the mileage slow. So That's I'm kind of so like, funny. I, I kind of think of like that with my legs. My legs only have so many miles in them and I'm going to save them for, for these road trips for the good stuff yeah but uh but but another thing i've learned is you kind of ease into it and, and your body will adjust and um again a good thing i tell others is and kind of half joking half serious the best way to train for a run across canada is to jog 
walk through that first province. So whether you start in BC or Newfoundland, you know, the first, uh, your, your first couple of weeks on the road, you may only get, you know, 30, 35, 40 K a day, but then your body just kind of like gets used to it. And your body's like, okay, this is, this is what we're doing. And then next thing you know, you're able to do 40, 40, 50, no problem without even, without even like really breaking a sweat. It seems it's great. I think it's incredible that you say only 40 a day in the first place. Cause that for me, like, <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. Well, the way I look at it too is the way I look at it too is, is, is like it's like when people run a marathon, for example, that's forty-two kilometers, but they'll you know they'll go for it and they'll run it in like you know three four hours. But uh, you know I have all day to do what I'm doing, and and every every time I stop to pick up a little piece of trash or a bottle or a can, and that's a little miniature break and stretch almost. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> get the most out of it. Yeah, people put in eight hours a day at, 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 at or more at, you know, like physical jobs. And so to, for me to put in eight hours a day on the road is, is hardly seems like work at all. It's, it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's great. Yeah. That's so good. Um, you, did you spend your birthday recently on the road too? Yeah, yeah July 12th, I, I turned 50 and I um, was coming through Whistler at the time. So uh, it, was, it was amazing. I, with, with the CS guy, trips that I've done uh, so many times over the last year and a half. Like I said, people know, know me out there. The, the businesses have reached out to support me. Um, Whistler Day Spa uh, offered me like a massage and, and, and use of their um, facilities uh, a few trips back. So I actually reached out to them and said like, hey, on July 12th, I'm going to be running through, uh, running through uh, Whistler. I'm going to do 50K that day. So I don't want to, you know, pop in for massage but if I could just come in and use the use a shower in the hot tub that'd be a nice way to to break up the day <laughs> but, then, but then but then there were other uh other 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 businesses as well that kind of reached out for me the the Scandinav Scandinav spa they contacted me and, and offered offered uh use of their facility so I, I managed to squeeze that in that day so it was a very busy day <laughs> I was up, I was up and on on the road by 6 45 a.m which is like super early for me I'm, I'm more of a late late uh late late night person but uh uh still got my 50k in just by and it was such an amazing day it was, it was great and, and yeah it feels good again being being 50 it's a little surreal but uh and and it's nice to have people tell me it's like oh my god you look much younger and i explained them yeah because that's because i found my my happy place when i was 40 and i was managing restaurants I probably looked and definitely felt older than I do now. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's all the more reason, all the more reason why to, I'm um, like, I know that I've kind of made the right choice here and and then doing this kind of kind of lifestyle. You're on the right path. You found your peace. Good. Exactly. Yeah. And the, and the work you do is in an effort to preserve nature and protect the environment. Um, and you run not only to clean up highways, but also trails and uh, the parks of Canada too. Have you ever had any bizarre moments with nature or with wildlife whilst you're out on the road? Or yeah, well, def definitely seen uh, seen quite a few bears. Um, no grizzly encounters yet, which I you know, I, I think is uh, is probably made my favorite. Black bears, I, I find you know for the most part they want to avoid us. And um, if I've seen a hundred bears in my travels, then I'm sure a hundred thousand have seen me and just kind of <laughs> ignored me and. and and let me be but uh but you know there was there was one one moment when in new brunswick when i, I you know wanted to get off the highway for for a bit is uh just to have a little bit of a break and i was on part of the cross um or the uh, trans canada trail or the great trail as it's called now so i was you know i was away from civilization for sure and i saw you know had three different bear encounters all within an hour and a half 
and one of them involved like a little um I didn't really get a good look at it, but I'm sure sure it was a cub. And it kind of ran along the trail uh, behind me as I was stopping for lunch. And I was like, okay, time to go. Yeah. And, then, uh, and then I saw like a really big black bear cross my path. Uh, yeah, it could be. Uh, and then I was like, yeah, maybe it's time to get off this trail and back on back on the highway for <laughs> for a bit. Uh, but um, but no um, but no uh, but no real scary moments. Not nothing where where a bear or, or a wolf or, or a coyote or, or anything is has really kind of approached me aggressively. I think it's the good karma again. <laughs> exactly, yeah. When, when, I, when, I, when I do see them, and I have a few videos of this, when I do see, see bears along the side of the highway, I just kind of stop, slow down, and, and, and it's just like, hey, how's it going? I'm just, don't mind me. I'm on your side, buddy. I'm just cleaning up your neighborhood. And, and what are you? And, and, uh, <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's amazing. And can you describe the landscapes? Are there any places that stood out to you as truly beautiful or memorable? Well, I think all of Canada is, is, is amazing. It's awesome. And, and, and people often ask me, it's like, what's your favorite province or what's your favorite part? And, and, and uh, of course, I love the mountains. I love the rivers and the lakes. And so BC and uh, Northern Ontario are, are great for that. I mean, sure, it's, it's tougher because you're going up and down more hills. But for, for campsites, it's, it's, it's incredible because, you know, you can often find a place, pitch your tent nearby by a river or a lake and you can have a nice swim and everything. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing. But even the prairies, I mean, like people say, oh, my God, you must have been bored going across the prairies. But it's got the advantages there as well because it's flat. The shoulders are, are amazing for, for the most part like on, the, on the highways I've been on anyway through, through uh, uh, eastern uh, Alberta and then all of Saskatchewan. It's just like super, super smooth um, shoulders, which is amazing. So I can sometimes get 55, 60K on some days and it's, it's good for that. And then of course the people, like the, the small town friendliness you get in the prairies is just phenomenal. So it's, it's, uh, it's you know, it's, uh, it's I love all, every, every part of the country, it's amazing. And um, a quick side note too, I'm excited to be in Newfoundland, uh, you know, and running, running through there in August, because typically I feel they get a bad, bad rap. I mean, uh, anybody crossing the country on foot is either gonna start in Newfoundland in April or they're gonna finish in Newfoundland in October. And it's going to be that cold, rainy kind of season, right? But so to be there in the summer, um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I think I might even detour off the highway uh, a few places and, and just explore a little bit more. Which is, which is That's so good. Um, it's actually a really interesting point you raised there as well with um, the terrain. What's po- possibly the most difficult terrain you've run on or mm-hmm. even conditions you've run in? Uh, well, again, I, I had to go back to um, Ontario and, and, and the shoulders there just because, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it's, it's, it's just that much more taxing on the body trying to trying to push the cart through um, through the gravel shoulders or sometimes it's gravel sand shoulders. Like imagine pushing a, a full shopping cart uh, through like a, through a sandy beach. It's just, oh, gosh, it's just no, not, that's just yeah, not fun, is I, it? No, it's just, <laughs> And um, yeah. and when you can when you compare that to uh, again like the smooth 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 sailing, if I have a, a flat surface and you know, a little bit of tailwind, the cart you know once it gets going, it's just it's almost going on its own. I just got to like reach out and steer it a little bit. Um, but yeah, on, on the Ontario uh, uh, shoulders and also the Ontario hills are, are are more steeper. Like Northern Ontario, I call it miniature BC because it's mountains, rivers, lakes, just smaller mountains. But um. You know, going to the Rockies, you'll have a long, gradual climb. But some places in Northern Ontario, it's like those steep climbs, and and up and down again, it's just a, it's it's just tough on the body. Even even going downhills, just trying to hold the cart back, you know, like taking off on me is 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 tough. So yeah, those are 
those are probably probably the, the most difficult parts. That and then of course when I when I want to go off trail and I look at Google Maps and it's like say, hey, oh yeah, you can go get here to there by by on foot and take this little trail. That sometimes these trails are not necessarily made for <laughs> for a car or for bicycling. They're pretty, no, not pretty so. rocky and pretty <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> kind of works with you some days and completely against you on the other days doesn't it <laughs> exactly that, yeah that's funny oh you mentioned your trip in august so um so you've got the ambition here of running east on your is this your fourth trip cross country which will be split over two summers um similar to how you did before is that right awesome. exactly yeah how are so, you feeling so, yeah sorry okay <laughs> no you know I, I was gonna say yeah so again this feels like unfinished business to me like i said i, I, I I cleaned up the one side of those highways, uh, and I, I got to go back and get the other side. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to get back out there again. I'm 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 I'm, I'm, I'm glad that uh, you know. Last I read in the news, the maritime provinces are all like doing pretty good, and they're welcoming people from from uh, the rest of Canada. You know, they want the tourist dollars back and everything else. So, I think I can get as far as um, uh, Ottawa. I mean, I, I kind of. Uh, say the best way to look at a cross Canada trip is you divide it up into three sections. You have Western Canada, you have Eastern Canada, and then you have Ontario alone is, is, is its own third of the country. So really two months, two months for each section is, is doable on foot, even when you're picking up uh, litter and stuff. So I figured, uh, yeah, August uh, through um, uh, first week of October is when I'll get to uh, Ottawa, uh, visit my family in, in Ontario for a bit. Fly back to leave my leave all my stuff with a friend there in Ottawa. Fly back to Vancouver, work like crazy for the following winter, which is kind of typically what I do, and then uh, get back out there um, next spring and uh, and finish off um, Ontario and Western Canada, which will take four months next year. So split, splitting it up is, is kind of nice too, because then you're not really into those cold, rainy seasons as much um, out there on the road. Yeah, um, I totally agree with that. And if listeners happen to be passing by, what would your favorite roadside treats be? Oh, uh, I always joke around about coffee in the morning and, and beer in the afternoon. Nice. <laughs> but, uh, I, that's what I'm going for. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, I, I, of course, like one, one of the rules of the road is like you never turn down a, a, um, a kind uh, gesture, a kind offering of, of, of food or food or beverage. The one thing I am starting to say no to, especially in, in in, in the, the BC area is um, bottled water, like you know, plastic, plastic bottled water is kind of against what I'm, what I'm. Uh, kind of gets the wrong message, here. yeah. Yeah, and, and also the um, and also like there's the the water from the streams and everything is so it's so like pristine and 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 uh, that's what I that's what I usually drink. I have my water bottles. And I just fill those up. Um, but uh, you know, the one exception would be if it was like a, a, a super hot day in, in the prairies and there was no when was no opportunity to get water then then i might uh, have to accept that but um but you know any, any anything is great and, and and just like any kind of friendly uh stop and and, and visit is, is is amazing so it's, it's yeah good um and as an overarching sort of message um what measures do you think could be put in place to combat roadside littering in order to protect the environment from all of us going forwards uh well like there's, a, there's something a book I read recently um, pointed out the fact there's a reason why in the phrase reduce reuse recycle reduce comes first because the the reuse and the recycle is is only going to do so much and and the recycling is is going to do the, the least actually like we need to really as a as a collective effort we need to reduce we need to cut back on 
on uh, on, on on things like plastic bottled water. Uh, uh, I always say, like in Canada, it'd be, it'd be nice if, if every community, every home had had good drinking water out of out of their taps. I mean, like that's something we need to get to first. And then once that happens, um, bottled water should be treated like a flare gun on a on a boat. Like you don't go shoot your flare gun out, off all the day. It's it's there for an emergency. It'd be nice if, like in in at least in West, Western um, civilization, it'd be nice if what bottled water was only used for emergencies. And uh, other than that, we we had our you know our reusable water bottles. We fill up our tap. If you can even on, while you're on the road, if you can take in your reusable water bottle and, and like fill up in, in in restaurants, like I often say McDonald's would be one of my most common visits on a cross Canada trip. And people are like, what? And I'm like, no, not for the, not for the food. It's like, you know, like, they usually have like, uh, you know, they'll have a Wi-Fi if I need to catch up on something and, um, I'll, you know, I'll have a coffee again in my reusable mug, but also I'll, I'll just walk up to the counter as I'm buying my coffee and be like, Hey, you know, can I fill up my water bottles here? And pre COVID they'd be like, yeah, no problem. And then I would go back to my car and get like six water bottles and fill them all up with, with, with everything else. But, uh, but yeah, to to yeah, to do you know, I think just yeah, reduce is 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 the biggest message. Reduce and uh, and really think about every purchase you make. I mean, it, it may be it may be cheaper to, to do one stop shopping at uh, the Walmart, um, but you know those those tomatoes you're buying are are in a plastic container, whereas you can go to the you know the uh, the fruit and vegetable uh, store or, or you know the, the or the fruit, fruit and vegetable stand or our farmers market at the time of years, right? And just buy it in fresh and put it in your reusable bag. So. Just um, definitely reuse and then think about every purchase you make really is, is, is key. That's 100% true. And at the end of the day, you need to tackle the problem at the source. And the source is where the reduce mm -hmm. element comes into it. Mm -hmm. So you're planning to continue running every summer until you've collected a million cans and bottles, which is amazing. What other destinations do you have on your radar? Oh, uh, I want to head north. I mean, like I've, I've kind of been thinking about this uh, ever since like 2017 really is, is like after, after doing four across Canada trips, uh, coast to coast, you know, back and forth that way, I would like to take time to explore um, each province more rather than just race across uh, Manitoba, say, you know, like head north and as, as far as I, as, as far as I can on, on, on like the back roads and the Churchill uh, is, is one that's on the bucket list for, you know, the polar bear kind of capital of the world. I mean, you kind of need to see polar bear. <laughs> and, Excellent. hundred uh, percent. Yeah, and just yeah, yeah, and just really, really uh, explore and get off the grid, and then and it's not just the um, you know, it's not just the Trans Canada Highway. I want to kind of kind of clean and, and connect with people with. I want to I want to connect with people um, from from all over the place. So heading north uh, is something I'll probably start to do uh, in twenty twenty three uh, awesome. once uh, once this fourth cross Canada trip is done. Would you ever go outside of Canada, or are you sticking to Canada? I'm sticking to Canada for now. I mean, like uh, I've had people ask me, it's like, yeah, why not, um, you know, go over to Europe? You can hit up like 10 countries in one summer kind of thing. Or, or as it gets colder, you can go down through, down through the States. I think it's just, um, and then one day perhaps I will, but I, but I think, you know, again, when, when I set up that pledge you know, to clean 1 million bottles and cans from Canada's roads, trails and parks. And, and I'm, I've just always been such like a proud Canadian and just like so grateful for uh, the, the, you know, all the natural resources we have. I'm just looking out at the, the mountains and down in Port Moody there as, as, I, as I speak. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I mean, like this is, so this is the, definitely my home. And um, you know, I have some fun with people with, with that as well. When, when uh, I, I could be in New Brunswick and somebody will pull over and be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm just cleaning up the neighborhood. 
And they're like, oh yeah, where are you from? And I'm like, Vancouver. And I just kind of do one of these. I'm like, because you know, because Canada, I, I consider Canada as, as my neighborhood and I, I feel like I need to protect uh, every, 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 every kilometer of it. So <laughs> but, uh, it's a big country. So I'll, it'll keep me busy for the rest of my life. <laughs> oh, I'm such a big fan of your work. It's amazing. I was going to ask if there's anything else on your bucket list you haven't ticked off yet, but I think we've covered it. Have we? Uh, I think so. Yeah, and and uh, I am looking forward to connecting with uh, the schools uh, again more often. Like um, uh, my first cross Canada trip, I was pretty much under the radar, and I wanted that way. There was no press, no publicity. When I reached Cape Spear uh, for the first time, you know. There was nobody there to greet me. I had a stranger take my picture with the Atlantic Ocean behind me. But on the second trip, uh, there was more publicity and, of course, more friends in, in, in each province. And I had the opportunity to speak at quite a few schools, which was amazing. That's cool, uh, yeah. Both, both elementary schools and, uh, and, and high schools. And, and those are the people I really want to work on connecting with more and inspiring more because, um, you know, the children of today, uh, 20 years from now, they're going to be the CEOs of the big businesses. They're going to be the politicians. They're going to be the ones making the huge decisions. And if they grow up with a kind of like earth first kind of mentality, then I think we're all going to be in a better, better place, um, you know, moving forward. So that's kind of what I'm, that's one thing I, I need to do. And it's outside of my comfort zone a little bit because I, a lot of big part of me just likes to head down and run, but I really need to start networking more and, and, uh, and connecting and, and trying to, um, trying to inspire more. So that's to, yeah, it's the power of word of mouth again it's so carries so much weight that's incredible mm -hmm. thank you so much for joining me on thinking of peace and you've been great to speak with and good luck with your next adventure next week thank you you have a great summer and uh, i look forward to being in touch thinking of peace is brought to you by maybe ski a whistler-based adventure ski company creating bucketless ski trips across the globe if you're looking to get off the beaten track and away from the crowds Head over to maybeski.com to discover what lies beyond your left path.